This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the Decisive Battles of World History. For this limited time 80% offer, please go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Jonathan V. Last, who has a great new piece about the New England Patriots. And Jonathan, I just want you to get it on the record. I'm only here to avoid paying the fine. All right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, That's what I I'm all about that action, boss. <laughs> so uh, you have a piece, two cheers for the New England Patriots. Why isn't it three, like every good conservative should feel, for the Patriots in their, when they face off with the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday? Well, I'm from Philadelphia where we hate everybody. So you can't <laughs> have three cheers for anyone. Uh, I mean, not even for the Eagles, right? We always half hate the Eagles, too, even though we love them. And uh, You know, look, the Patriots, many sins. They've, they've harbored an actual murder, allegedly. Um, and they, they denied Philadelphia, uh, the Eagles, their best shot for a championship in probably what will be my entire lifetime. Uh, and so I hold that against them, uh, and they're dirty cheaters, um, but they're awesome. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing about the Patriots. They're awesome. All of the things that people say they hate about the Patriots are true. They're all totally true, uh, and yet they're awesome. And I, I think that's the key part. And if you if you can't sort of appreciate the awesomeness, I think there's something wrong with you. Well, because awesome. they're going to be gone one of these days, and we'll miss them. Exactly. Six Super Bowl appearances. They've won three. They're going to win their fourth on Sunday. They're going to easily handle the Seattle Seahawks because of all the controversy. They'll be pumped upon their edge. But I, just want, I want to offer this thesis to you, Jonathan. And I say this, by the way, I, I lived in, in, in uh, Boston for eight years. And just because I went to Gillette Stadium and hung out with Bob Kraft at uh, charity events, that has nothing to do with my view that they're the best team in the NFL. I want to get that on the record. But I actually like them more because of the way they um push the envelope, if you will. In other words, this ethos that this is a game, the rules are here, but like every rule in the world, every rule has nuances and loopholes and, and you know, et cetera. I would much rather have a any enterprise, whether it's a team or a business, working as hard as they can to push the envelope for their customers, push towards excellence, rather than have people go, well, I may be 14th in my league, I may be the you know most mediocre pizza guy in town, but at least I always played by the rules. I, I think that that ethos is actually a negative ethos, one that conservatives should trend away from. The, well, the, I would say the Patriots do embody the NASCAR ethos, which is, you know, if you, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Rubbing is, yeah. rubbin is racing, my friend. Rubbing is right. racing. But on the, on the other hand, I... I really don't think that's what's behind their success. I mean, it's sort of, I like it because it's like they're trolling the rest of the league, you know? I mean, the, the, the Belichick mumbling and the Belichick, like his insane refusal to, oh, you know, Brady's, uh, Brady's questionable for those guys. You know what? <laughs> that insane sort of the coach mumbles routine, which he does, which is all shtick, by the way. I mean, if you sort of watching it behind the NFL stuff, it's totally shtick. Uh, that is done, I think, sort of as a pose. That isn't actually what's behind how great they are. Um, and the, the current, you know, deflate gate thing is, I think, again, one more sort of 
sign of them. It's a little thing that they do. I think it probably has almost no effect on it. There's a great piece uh, just out this this week. Did you see this? Um, sort of analyzing fumbles lost uh, and and looking at the league and fumbles lost sort of analysis over the last 25 years. Um, this year's, you know, the average of the last 10 years or so, the average NFL team has run 105 offensive plays for every fumble they lost. Right. Um, the, the worst team in the league has run 76 offensive plays to give you sort of a sense of the spread. And the second best team in the league, 140 plays. So that's our spread from, from zero to number two is, you know, 76 to 140 to give you a, a sense of, you know, as they call it in statistics, the spread. The Patriots have won 187 plays for every fumble. That is not about one and a half PSI. You know, that, that, in fact, it almost, it's almost impossible to, to have that be about PSI. Uh, and I suspect that what's going on is that the Patriots are really the only team in the league doing favor metrics. You know, and Belichick is a very smart guy, and he's smart and crafty enough that unlike Billy Bean, he wouldn't go shooting his mouth off about this to tell the rest of the world, hey, look at this cool <laughs> thing we're doing over here. And he's doing it all under the cover of night, and it's all dark magic. And, uh, and again, and it's awesome. Yeah, you know, and it, I'd say it's not hard for us to sort of retroactively figure out what they're probably doing. My guess is, you know, you know, football people have have said for years that football as a sport is very resistant to figuring out a war. War being the winds above replacement, which is like the holy grail in baseball, right? Right. Um, I suspect that actually. Um, what what Kraft and Belichick did is they brought in a bunch of pointy head guys with uh, slide rules, and they found something like war. Uh, they went through and they found that there are certain aspects of the game which really do have an outsized influence on wins versus losses, and one of them is fumbles. And my guess is also that after that, uh, when Belichick started doing personnel decisions, he really, really paid attention to ball carries and receivers' ability to hold on to the football. And then he also, because again, once you start looking for the stuff, it's not hard to find it. Right. I suspect what he also then did was go through and look and see what types of plays are more likely to result in fumbles and started weaning those out of his his, his schemes. Well, he's yeah. been so effective that they're one of only three teams in history to have an entire season without giving up a single fumble at home for the entire season. That's yeah. just yeah. phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, this is why when people say, oh, well, you know, well, that's, that's that one and a half PSI. No, mm. no it can't be. <laughs> right. Well, if you, watch the the e- if you watch the ESPN Science Report on this, the net difference in the weight of the ball from that pressure is the weight of a dollar bill. And right. the net impact on, for example, just a traditional uh, 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 pass, 50 miles an hour leaving the guy's hand, is .003 seconds from the time to reach the receiver. So, I mean, this we are definitely in the margins here. But back to the bigger, like beyond sports, I, if we lived in a country, maybe maybe this is the way it was back in the, you know, 1880s or 1920s or Calvin Coolidge, I don't know, but, you know, where it was, you know, capitalism and tooth and claw, I would I wouldn't have the same attitude. I'd be a little more hyper about, oh come on, what are the rules and did you pay the rule? But because we live in this everybody gets a hug society as we gen- raise generation cupcake. When we have people get upset when businesses are too successful, when Apple sells too many phones. By the way, App, the new numbers on Apple are just phenomenal. When people thought there was no more room, no more margin in in, uh, in smartphones, and Apple just blows it up because, like Belichick, they found a new way. We need we need to celebrate these guys. We need to remind Americans: Hey, winning is good, and losing sucks. Not winning is good, and if you lose your job, we'll give you 99 weeks of money to get by, so you don't have to go find a new job and feel bad about yourself. This is this is why we need a team like the Patriots today, Jonathan. 
you know, I would caution people that that way lies Yankee fandom. I mean, you really, I think you need to be able to make distinctions between winning and sort of winning smartly. Uh, look, I mean, the Yankees win, God knows. Uh, they don't do it by being smarter, though. They just do it by having the biggest checkbook and being the New York Yankees. And, and it winds up being like, you know, like the old joke is, you know, rooting for the New York Yankees is like rooting for Microsoft. And I totally get that. Uh, so I would say it does matter. I would say people who root for the Yankees and celebrate the Yankees' excellence are, are evil, horrible people, really the worst <laughs> kind of humans. Um, but I'm making the argument that the, the, the Patriots are a little bit different. It's a different case because they're doing something interesting. And we have to celebrate people who, who really do sort of, you know, innovate. And, and also the, what's so refreshing is they don't care what you and I think about yep, them. Yep, exactly. I mean, the, other, the other brilliant thing is, you know, we're so conditioned to people getting caught doing something bad. They immediately, you know, tweet out an apology or they delete the tweet and then they come out and they have a right. tearful. I'm thinking about the, the, the guy who uh, was part of the science team who landed a uh, satellite on the comet. Right. And, that, and he, he wore the he shirt. crying about having worn this offensive yes. Hawaiian shirt, which wasn't offensive. You know, the Patriots are in there. And I love the denial. See, if you're off, you know, I didn't give the code red. Did you give the code red, Tommy? <laughs> I would say the, the unapologeticness of them, which even more than anything else, ought to make you uh, sympathetic towards them because they sort of stand athwart the insanity of the modern world and the modern sort of media ethos of this, and just say we don't we don't care what you think. Well, as a guy who grew up in South Carolina and then moved to New England, I will never support Yankees of any kind, whether it be you know, historic ones or sports related ones. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Jonathan. In those dark places, you don't talk about at cocktail parties. You want there to be a Bill Belichick out there. You want it to happen. And one other point of difference, and once again, it goes back to the broader issue. The NFL has done something smart for the league as a whole, which has worked really hard for parity. They have. They've done, it, 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 on one measure, it has worked to avoid the trap of baseball by having the salary caps and the draft the way they work. But on the other hand, that makes Belichick's success even more amazing. How in a league with this much parity have you gone to the Super Bowl six times with this quarterback? It, it really does. I mean, when you, I would say when you step back and from the long sweep, what Belichick has done, I really doubt that we'll see something like this again. Uh, it, it's an amazing, amazing accomplishment because football is, A, sort of so capricious as a sport. You know, I mean, you get one bad injury, it can blow a whole season, you know. And, and yet, you know, when Belichick had that with Brady, was it the 2008 season? He just plugged Matt Castle in and went 11 and 5. And, and he had another reason to kind of love the Patriots. Again, mm-hmm. officially, I hate them, but I, I just kind of love them. It, so they go 11 and 5 with Matt Castle, which is itself amazing. They don't make the playoffs. They're the first 11 win team ever to not make the playoffs. And you don't hear a single bit of whining and complaining from them about it, which I would say, if that happens to like Seattle, or, uh, I don't know, Atlanta, right. or <laughs> kind of even Philadelphia. They would go, oh, this is such a travesty. How can this happen to us? And they, you know, I, I believe, if I remember this correctly, the Belichick response was, we should have won more games. Exactly. That's you exactly know? right. That is more, and that's kind of awesome. And that is the awesomeness that we need at this moment in American history. Jonathan V. Lass, thank you for your awesomeness. Seahawks by five. <laughs> <laughs> not oh no, not a chance. After, I, after all, no, after all that, I do think Seattle's probably the better team. I, so although I, I will be half rooting for the Patriots, I expect them to lose. But I will tell you, after, right? Our hearts always betray us. After Deflate Gate, it won't matter 
who the best team is because the Patriots will be out to prove something. And I don't know if you saw what happened when the, you know, the Patriots had a horrible game. I think it was the third week or the fourth week of the season. Yeah, this guy they, they dropped a 46-burger or something and the next then, day or the next week. Yeah. After that, it was the march of you – know, it was Sherman to the sea. They just they took no prisoners. I think what you're going to see is that scary look in Tom Brady's eye that says, we're going to do this. I think, no joke, by the end of the third quarter, they'll have it handily in hand. The Seahawks will be playing in a way that they really can't – they don't do well playing from behind. Their quarterback, what did he give up, four or five uh, turnovers in their uh, win ahem, against Green Bay? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think four, it's going to be uh, four interceptions. Yeah, exactly. no, you know, when you really think about it, David Tyree doesn't make that insane circus catch. Uh, the Patriots right, exactly. have another Super Bowl on top of it, and, they, and this really is a legacy game for them. I think if they win this game, I think actually you don't even have a you don't even have a debate anymore about who the the greatest quarterback and greatest coach in the history of the league are. No, I think you're going to see that rare thing from the Patriots because once again, it's not their style where they're actually at the end of the game, like you know, picking over the bones of the defeated and <laughs> yowling <laughs> to the sky. Uh, what is good in life? What is Good life is the lamentations of their women. I'm predicting you'll see some of that from the Patriots if they win this, which I think they will. So I'll take your money. I'll take that bet. Uh, and uh, thanks again for your time, Jonathan. We appreciate it. You got it. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.